Hi there, this is Alana and you're listening to the Successful Writer Podcast and I'm here with Ella Barnard from Author Like a Boss. Hello. Hi. So Ella and I try to get together about once a month just for a business chat. Sometimes we do that in her Author Like a Boss Facebook group. Sometimes we put them on here. So if you've been a long time listener, you've heard Ella before and she's here and we're glad that she's here. What's new? Yeah. Um, well. You getting out and partying much? Yeah, like everybody. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. Yeah, like I did before. (laughs) Like my life actually hasn't changed that much. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I I work from home. I live in a small town. Yeah. And by small town, I mean like really small. So Mm -hmm. yeah, hasn't changed all that much. So Yeah. yeah, I've there's been more things besides the virus that have changed in my life than uh-huh. the is that, it's been crazy. Yeah. Crazy month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, I think everybody's just like, what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going through some writer's block before the pandemic started anyway. Mm-hmm. And my philosophy on writer's block, and then I'd love to hear yours. For me, I just kind of roll with it. I've, you know, like I freak out in the middle of it, but then I always get out from it and I realize, okay, that's, you know, that's just, for me, it's part of the creative cycle. Mm-hmm. But I feel like right now I, I can have writer's block and not feel guilty at all because like, I almost feel like now, like, okay, I'm stumbling over my words because I'm still on like my first cup of coffee, but (laughs) I feel like I've heard people say things like people who struggle with anxiety, like chronic anxiety, they're saying Mm -hmm. things like, now everybody knows how I feel all the time. And actually I feel like I'm better prepared than someone who hasn't had to learn these coping skills before. Mm -hmm. And I feel in a similar way in terms of like, I've struggled with depression that definitely impacts the writer's block. And now, like, I'm still doing the same things that I would be doing during writer's block if it weren't a pandemic, but now I feel like more people understand (laughs) and I don't have to be, like, feel guilty about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I never advocate feeling guilty about something like writer's block because I'm like, meh, Uh, because it seems to me, like, like many things, like I, like many things, Feeling guilty about it makes it last longer and worse. Yeah, <laughs> and, and feel so worse. now you're not even just right. So it's almost like mm-hmm. um, even like a physical pain that comes and goes. Like if you can just get through that wave mm-hmm. of pain, then you're going to be fine. But if you're um, like bracing yourself against it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a baby. I don't do well with physical pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've heard of people who can do well with it. <laughs> yeah. If I did do well with it, it would just kind of be that mindset. This is going to come, then it's going to go, and I can release it as opposed to like gritting your teeth against it and being this is the most awful thing and that does for sure make it worse yeah although there's a huge camp in the writer world maybe even more like the majority who like deny writer's block or like plumbers don't get plumber's block so why would a writer get writer's block tell me your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that sort of thing yeah I don't I haven't been like I haven't been like a writer writer for very Mm -hmm. long Mm -hmm. and um but I do find that I, I get into like a funk, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in my life, I call it like, oh, I'm in a funk, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I just let myself ride out the funk because if I yeah. get hard on myself for being in a funk, then it definitely lasts longer. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, if I'm in a funk and it takes a couple days, you know, just just hang out. Yeah. I um with writer's block, I think I don't know for me personally, I think that writer's block might be in my life mm-hmm. might show up more as like a funk. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that I don't feel like writing. It's like, I don't feel like doing anything creative. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like, Hmm, my creative well is, is tapped out right now and I need right. to take a break and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just take a break and, and, and then refill the well, let the well kind of refill a little bit and then, and then go try again. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I am too. You know, I, there's part of me that feels like if you can be the person who can just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to work my way through this, you know, if I'm going to write a thousand words a day, I'm just going to write my thousand words a day or, you know, however many words a day. I feel like if you can do that, then sure, go ahead and deny writer's block and like good on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I also recognize, you know, writing is different than certain other fields, you know, like we have the flexibility to not have to punch a card. Excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. Hold on, I'm going to mute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my post-sneeze comment, what was I saying? Oh, the people who, you know, can kind of just mm-hmm. deny writer's block. I think that's fine if that's how you are. But in my mind, the creative aspect of our job does make it different than, you know, the doctor. People say like, well, a doctor doesn't get doctor block and just not show up for work. But in my mind, it is different. And that's one of the, the benefits of our job. You know, like yeah. there was a, a fun discussion in the author community about some people who work from home, the advice that they give to other people working from home is make sure that you dress up like you would for the office. And for some people, I think that maybe that's a good signal that like I'm treating this as a professional thing and I'm here and I'm mm-hmm. ready. But then I think there's a lot of other people and I fall into this camp of like, one of the perks of being at home is that you don't have to, like, you can be as comfortable and cozy as you want. So why are you going to give that up? I definitely change my outfit into oh, yeah? another form of pajamas. <laughs> That's hilarious. They aren't, pajamas? they aren't, they aren't pajamas, but it's like a really mm-hmm. comfy sweater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it may as well be pajamas. And I right. certainly am not wearing a bra. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why? why yeah Yeah, i i think i and this is i the more time i spend with in the industry the more i realize that so much of the advice has been generated by men which doesn't make it wrong or you know but i think it's not always applicable like every i have to filter it i have to like test it and see Mm -hmm. if it's true for Mm -hmm. me too basically i'm like is this true for me too and if it isn't i allow myself to be like this is not true for to me too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, you might even be able to remove gender from it slightly and just, it's, it's mm-hmm. from a corporate perspective, mm, you know, you and, and we don't have to be corporate. That's again, one of the huge perks. I wouldn't want that corporate kind yeah. of feel to yeah. what I do. Maybe not men, maybe just kind of that, there's like a... The office. And for me, masculine yeah. feels like a little bit more like we gotta get do and do it, hustling. Okay. And like feminine uh-huh. feels a little bit more like let's do it in cycles, as uh-huh. it seems uh-huh. like it feels like <laughs> appropriate yeah. and it works. Uh-huh. I mean, and, yeah. And but I it's, I caution against that too because a lot of people will also use that as a reason to procrastinate. I know. So it's hard. <laughs> it really is hard because I think sometimes. 
you really need a lot of self-awareness. You need to mm -hmm. ask yourself, is what I need right now a kick in the butt and to pull up my big girl pants, even if they're yoga pants and just mm -hmm. do it? Or do I need to give myself that time to rest? And I think that's the hardest part. It's not dealing with the, the struggle or the block. It's just knowing which it is and then kind of picking which way you're going to go and then not feeling guilty about it. I think those are the struggles that we face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I usually can tell afterwards. Like, yeah, like it's really hard the, to know. At the end of the, the day next. when I'm like, yeah. do I feel like I rested or do I feel like I just wasted a day? Mm, you know, okay. <laughs> like afterwards, I'm like, mm, that was me procrastinating. That so wasn't. What do you think is a good litmus test? Like, what questions would you ask yourself to be able to kind of know do I need to rest or do I need to just fuck up and do it? Yeah. Um, I usually, that'll probably, that is the one of my favorite way of making, ways of making decisions is. Being like at the end of the day, so sometime in the future. Okay. And mm -hmm. I imagine my I put myself in the future and mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I feel if I made this choice? If mm -hmm. I decided to work. Okay. How do I feel if I made this choice if I didn't? Mm -hmm. And then and then based off of that, I'm like, oh, if I rest, you know, like I feel like I rested and I feel really refreshed and I'm ready to go mm -hmm. the next day, then mm -hmm. that's the choice. Versus if I'm work. And I feel really like productive and glad that I did that. Then that's mm -hmm. not that I follow my own advice every time. No, but though. that's There's great certain... advice. My, my way of doing it feels a little bit more like I, what I love about the way you do it is it's so deliberate. Like you're not letting decisions happen to you. You know, it's mm -hmm. not like when you do it that way. And I totally get like, that might not be the way you do it every single time. But, no, it's know, not. <laughs> if that's kind of your, your mm -hmm. litmus test you're absolutely in control of that. Whereas my way, it's the best that I've learned to do right now, but my way kind of is the question I ask is what do I have the most energy to accomplish? And then I do that. So if I, you know, so I kind of have this energetical hierarchy where like writing mm -hmm. a first draft is up top and then maybe editing's right below that. And then some of the ads are below that. And then just the busy, busy, busy work is below that. And then kind of nothing. <laughs> yeah. That. And so what I kind of do is I'll, I'll sort of test. I start, you know, at the peak, do I have energy to write? Nope. Edit? Nope. And, and then I just kind of, mm -hmm. and like, it sort of works because then I know, like, if I get to a day where I seriously am doing nothing, I know it's because just the energy wasn't there to do other things. But the thing I don't like about it is I feel like my energy is this other thing that's making the decision for me. Whereas with your way, like you're very much in charge of your decision, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I, what's not in that decision-making process is that managing my energy and my mental health is one of my daily yeah. <laughs> like, projects that I do all the time. Like that mm -hmm. is, you know, right. it's, it's, it's all within the context of, making sure that I'm, that I have energy to right. give. And maybe it's, and it's like, when I make the choice, it might be like the, de the decision for the day is I'm not feeling very energetic right now, mm -hmm. but I will. But if I do these couple of things that give me energy, then I will have the energy mm -hmm. to do, to yeah. do the writing That's at cool. the end of the day or like right. after I take a nap. Mm -hmm. so, like so, I, I give myself the whole day yeah 
And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to make this thing that's important to me happen and have the energy for that? Nice. Yeah. Like, so what are some what of I your, need. yeah. What are your favorite go-to naps? naps? Yeah. No, they're, they're 100% like, naps. it's how to become a superhuman. It truly is like getting good yeah. sleep, whether that's through just great sleep yes. at night or naps during the day. Yes. Like it is what makes you a superhuman. Yeah. Naps a hundred percent, especially right now. Cause it feels like, if, I, I don't know if everybody's feeling this, but I'm like, there's just a lot of like stress tension, like universal stress tension. And so I'm, I find myself, even though I'm like, I feel like I got a pretty decent night's sleep and normally I wouldn't need another nap, but I do. But you're ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Right. I've been resting more also, but for me, it's, I do see some of that, but it almost feels the opposite. I almost feel like the entire world is resting mm-hmm. and I don't want to be in a frenzy and work the entire time through that. Yes. Yeah. I, it's an interesting thing because um, since we talked last, mm-hmm. so I had, I woke up, I woke up from a waking, <laughs> as I was waking up, I had one of those beautiful ideas that you do sometimes when yeah, you're like, yeah. the, the, you're like half asleep, half awake. And you're like, that's a good idea. And your brain can't tell the difference. And so all the mm-hmm. ideas just come. It's a, it's a wonderful time. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful time. It's like yeah, your it critical is. brind is is asleep, yeah. but you're still like, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, anyways, it's a lovely time. And it so is. I had the idea to, um, so I'm, I've been telling you that I'm working with somebody writing short stories. Okay. I'm writing short stories. And then one of my author friends, we decided to start doing it at the same time because she's okay. been wanting to write short stories as well. Uh-huh. Like she's like already kind of been thinking about it for like six months. Okay. And so when I was like, let's do it. So, she, yeah. so we did it. And, um, but then, and we're being, and we're having success. Like, it's really lovely. I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. this yeah. is fun. <laughs> um, so I woke up and this is relevant to what we were saying though, because I was like, what do I want to do? Like, mm-hmm. what sounds fun? Like, what sounds like an enjoyable thing for me to do during this time when we are mm-hmm. all at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. with limited um, entertainment or ability to go do things that we might normally do. Right. Like, it's right. like we have to fill this time with something. Mm-hmm. And my life isn't that different, but it is different. Like, I'm not going to the store. I'm not going, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, everybody has. It's, and so I was like, I just want to do this, this, like, I just want to hang out with other women Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and coach them through, you know, like coach them through being successful. Like I'm now, I'm Mm -hmm. like, Alana, I looked at my thing this morning and my estimated, it's estimated royalties, Uh estimated royalties for April Uh are 2,800. That's awesome. And today is the three like my first book published on January 31st and today is April 30th. Okay. So it's been three months. Yeah. So you're going to start getting royalties. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, in, that's in July, it will make a big difference. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I Maybe we talked about this the last time we chatted. I, I've always been annoyed by that 60-day window that you have to wait for royalties because it's, especially when you're putting in a lot of money into ads, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But 
with this, like with all the economic things that were going on, especially in March, I was so thankful because for so many industries, like you got a call from work that said, don't come in. We can't mm-hmm. pay you. We have no idea when you're coming back. And you, you got, you know, paid through that last day and that was it. Whereas for us, like March, March is going, was a lower sales month for me, mm-hmm. but I've got two months now knowing mm-hmm. that that's coming. And so it's really, mm-hmm. really convenient. Um, I've never appreciated that window until we went through something like this, where you know, like if sales take a huge dive, you've got two months to kind mm-hmm. of tweak your budget or figure out what you need to do or save up, make some adjustments know. of some yeah. kind. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I I could appreciate that abstractly. Yes, right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> abstractly, I really appreciate that, um, but I haven't. Like I'm like I have I'm, I've so far well today's April 30th so maybe I have something in the bank now maybe like yeah, you, 200 you. my February mm-hmm. stuff is probably in the bank so I have yeah. like 200 dollars that I made which which no, is it's it's really it's exciting good. it's so I remember fun. yeah I got my first royalty payment back when they were still sending checks and it was like a check for eleven dollars and it felt it you know it wasn't. It felt validating, I think, is what yes. it is. Like, this is, this is real money, and this represents what is going to turn into a real job. Yeah. And so it is and exciting. It's very exciting. Looking at, I'm like, I'm like, but the, but for me, more exciting, because writing is not my, like I've said, writing is, I'm good at it, because I've read a bazillion books, mm-hmm, and I'm, mm-hmm. like, relatively intelligent. Like, I'm yeah. smart. I'm smart. I'm smart. You are smart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to own it. Like I'm really smart Uh and, and, but I've also like researched a ton. I've talked to tons of people, tons of authors and I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. these are the things that are necessary. And then I utilize them. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I like most is helping other women Mm -hmm. have success. So like the thing that makes me another thing that gives me energy, Mm -hmm. talking to women like you having these, Mm -hmm. these kind of conversations, like real conversations about real topics that, Mm -hmm. that we're all dealing with right now. Um, or, all dealing with all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like a real topic. But now we can talk about dealing with it. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's another thing that I feel. I I'm pretty sure that well, I don't know. I think it's possible and perhaps even likely that even if there weren't a pandemic, I might still be going through this time of writer's block that I had earlier on in the year. Mm-hmm. That's quite possible. But now I feel like I can be more open about it. Mm-hmm. People are so understanding. Um even like when we jump on and do these recordings, I've been doing recordings like this for years, but like maybe you hear my kids talking in the background, which they sometimes have been doing for the past two years that I've been recording. And Mm -hmm. up until like 60 days ago, I would be like, oh no, they're loud. This is going to look so unprofessional. And now I feel like there's just um, a sense of communal grace and patience with people. Everybody Mm -hmm. is understanding, you know, like you see these, um, people doing like late night show sketches and things from their living rooms and like they get interrupted by their kids. Are you talking about Jimmy Fallon? Cause I'm loving. I think I saw one of his, like, I know at one point, like his daughter came in or like I was doing a Facebook live in Melissa Storm's group and Mm -hmm. a parade of like, like a 
um, police car with its sirens and a caravan of like 30 cars went through our itty bitty neighborhood. I have no <laughs> idea what for, you know, I think someone said that it was um, maybe honoring like the graduating senior class or something. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. Two years ago, if I had been on a recording and there were sirens, I'd have been like, this is so unprofessional. My dogs were going crazy. And now just people understand that sort of thing. So. Yeah. And I, but I think... Yeah, they think there's more grace, but I also think that it's like, it also is showcasing the grace that was already there. Like, I oh, have never been super professional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, my calls mm -hmm. were never been like super pro. Right, and people were right. still, not everybody, so maybe a larger pop portion of the population, but mm -hmm. people are, people are kinder mm -hmm. generally yeah. than, and that doesn't mean that the one person like I got a two-star review this week on my release and I was like like I, that gave me a little writer's block for the day yeah yeah <laughs> I was like oh I don't feel like writing right now yeah <laughs> but, you want to know my uh my secret tip for bad reviews yes I don't read my reviews at all I have yeah I know I know I can't help it that's okay when I when I was when I started <laughs> out I went probably two years stalking my reviews and in some ways there was some important things that I gleaned mm -hmm. it helped me to know kind of what my readers did and didn't like but now that I've got a feel for that like every once in a while I do check my sales rank and so if I see like wow I didn't know that this book like it's star average went down or something like that. If I see mm -hmm. that, I actually ask maybe my a friend or my husband or my assistant, like, could you just see if there's like a lot of bad reviews saying the same thing? And mm -hmm. if not, I don't need to know. Um, yeah. You'll, you'll get to that point. I'll get to it, that point. It helps. It sure is still beyond that roller coaster. Yeah. It is still like, there's still, cause I'm still learning. So I'm yeah. like, oh, that's relevant. Or right, yeah. Like at the beginning, it was helpful for me too. Yeah, I I'm was like, on oh, that roller coaster also. People didn't like that about that hero. Good to okay. know, so that I don't write that again. Unless <laughs> it's just one person, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if it's just one person saying something, you might not need to take it so seriously. Yeah, if it's yeah. a trend, then maybe you know. This, know. Speaking of trends, okay. Yeah. My very first book. It's called The Beloved Daughter. Mm -hmm. It's set in North Korea. It's um, it's a mix between Christian suspense and women's fiction, and it almost reads like historical fiction, even though it's set today. So it it highlights um, it follows this girl through when her family's imprisoned in North Korea because they're Christians all the way through her young adulthood, and it ends. It's not a cliffhanger because I never, like when I wrote it, I wasn't necessarily expecting a sequel or follow-up or anything like that, but it's a kind of somber ending mm -hmm. that leaves, so it's not, things aren't tied up in a very pretty bow and it mm -hmm. leaves you, in my opinion, the reader experience getting to the end is like, you read this last line and it kind of comes as a, a punch in the gut, like, oh man, because it, oh, you'd have to. You'd have to yeah, read it. Yeah, have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I felt like it was a very impactful ending, even though I recognize it's not the happily ever after ending. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I went like three years getting hundreds of reviews and all really positive reviews. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago. And now it's, I don't want to say it's common, but it's mentioned maybe a dozen times. Like the ending came really abruptly it left me wanting so much more. So I almost feel like, because there was part of me that's like, nobody complained about this the first three years. Mm -hmm. you know, I almost feel like 
It's um, speaking of trends, just reader right. expectations changed. And part of me recognizes that, of course, reader preferences are going to change. But then also part of me is like, but books are books, you know, like, yeah, especially since, you know, when you grow up and all the books you read in school are at least decades old and often, you know, at least a century old, mm-hmm. there's this sense that like, okay, what's, what's good in 2013 when this book was published should be good in 2020, but mm-hmm. apparently, you know, and it's not necessarily like sales have tanked or anything or that it like, it's now become a terrible book, but I, it was, it's the first time that I've really seen a drastic change in reader response just in like a five-year period. Interesting. It really was. Yeah. But do you think it has anything to do with the fact that, um, you keep getting new readers like do all of your books end with a kind of like somber or do most of them have a happy ever after um a little bit in between like I don't do the tie up in a neat bow but none of the others leave it with that much with the punch to the gut Mm -hmm. so it could be like you have a bunch of new people they're reading all your other stuff first oh that's probably a good point and then they read that one and they're like probably a good point they're like what (laughs) yeah that could be you know, so they have a certain kind of expectation about mm-hmm. what an Alana Terry book yeah. reads like and yeah. ends like, and that mm-hmm. one's not quite. That's true. Because they aren't, people aren't necessarily reading in the order that you publish them. For sure. Yeah. That would be <laughs> weird if they were. <laughs> It'd be all over. Because all of my novels are, are in the same universe and mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossover, even from series to series with characters. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I get in my head of creating like um, an umbrella timeline or some kind of like, you know how, are you a Marvel fan? Do you follow the Marvel movies? Yes. So you know how you can look up, like there's different recommended, you know, you could watch them in the way they were released, but then people come up with these other ways, like watching it in as much chronological order. I almost feel like Mm -hmm. I need to do something like that. Like, okay, so, and and it would, it'd be all over and it'd be kind of confusing to uh, figure out. So I'm not going to do it. So maybe not. (laughs) That's what um, actually, that's a huge, that's a huge benefit to you and to like to your business, that's one mm-hmm. of the things that the pro authors do is is have their books related, mm-hmm. like a spinoff mm-hmm. on that author, but right. that or that character, but that character gets their own whole series, right. or that right. character gets. Exactly. And so that's one of the things that me and my my author friend and I did mm-hmm. is all all of our books happen in like the same universe, and they all kind of that's branch. Fun. And it's but it's again, you're like. It's also a little bit confusing as an author to have to, Oh, I know. <laughs> after you're like, when did that happen? Where is this character right now? <laughs> like, where is that character from that other series now mm-hmm. where I'm writing this character and what happened hard. in their life? <laughs> yeah. No, it gets hard to keep track. I, I don't like, I like doing a lot of things analog as opposed to digital. And so it's mm-hmm. probably not the most efficient and it's probably a tip that a lot of authors would hate. But what I started doing is I just get like a five by eight card for each character and Mm -hmm. I keep it in this big old, you know, kind of like what you would keep a big recipe box in, but it's like jumbo sized. Mm -hmm. And, And about once a quarter, I, I pay my kids an extra computer game time to like keep it alphabetized for me. <laughs> you know, because it's it's it is really hard. Or maybe like the one time I know I messed something up, I um I had a minor character who was pregnant in one book and then in 
like a, a few books later, I mentioned that she's got this baby girl. What I hadn't realized is that in another book, she was also pregnant, expecting a boy. So I actually had to like, um, twins. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But Fraternal I did have twins. To, what's it called? Hang the lantern. Where it was like, yeah, they were surprised because they thought it was going to be, you know. Oh this yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you hard. Know, to yes. Keep up. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's, I can't even, and I only have like nine. I can't even, yeah. Sucks. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can, yeah. but it's kind of fun too because then people get to look forward to certain, the stories of certain yeah. characters. It is fun. And what I'll do is if I have the need for a minor character, like mm-hmm. um, I have nurses show up because a lot of times people end up getting injured. <laughs> You know, and so let's say it's somebody like a nurse where basically like the nurse just has to get them patched up or, Mm -hmm. you know, just minor people who have minor roles. I always ask myself, okay, who's a nurse in my world that like this could be, and you'd have to be looking for it or things like that. Mm -hmm. I try to see like, if I need just a small character, do I have an existing character who could do that job? (laughs) Even if I don't, I ask Mm -hmm. myself, okay, well, could I give this person a story later on. But yeah, eventually it does get a little bit unruly. And <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I would need to like get a comb and a, some detangler and work really, really hard. <laughs> what? To get- yeah. <laughs> Do you nice. find that there's certain, t- so we were writing, I was writing one book and what like a brother of the main, one of the main characters is mm-hmm. kind of a, a jerk. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like he's, I'm, I'm cleaning it up. We call him an A. Uh okay so so he's a jerk when he shows up like it's like there's a lot of books there's a lot of stories where having a jerk character is handy Uh Uh so he's kind of your fallback jerk he's like a fallback like not just in mine though but also in my author friends because it's in the same world so she's like oh Uh I'm gonna put him in here that's very cute (laughs) no and then like I wonder because you've been doing this longer are there certain Mm -hmm certain characters that you're like it's really handy to have that person (laughs) like available for whenever you happen to need that guy or that girl (laughs) yeah I've got someone kind of like that but it's actually a kid so some of my stories are written from the perspective of a little boy who grew up in North Korea and got adopted by some of the um, main supporting characters in one of my states-based series. So he's kind of a span between my international books and my books set in the States. <clears throat> he's got w- one or two books of his own where he's kind of narrating the story. And then he also, as he's growing up, becomes a character in a lot of other books, like a third-person character. Mm-hmm. And he has a bully who's been his, the thorn in his side forever. And so whenever I need something like that, he's for sure there. And then the other one that I always relied on, um, this was really fun. I, I knew that, well, I won't go into all the, the details in my back, backstory of what was going on in my mind, but basically like my first 10 books or so, maybe not, yeah, maybe about that many, I, they all mention a red-haired journalist. So these are my North Korea novels and my state space mm-hmm. novels. And he's not even named till like halfway into one of my other series. So he's, he's kind of the, the first Easter egg I started. It got mm. to where like, at first I sort of thought that maybe I would have him in every single book. And mm-hmm. that got to be, it just wasn't going to be practical, but cute story. I heard that Clive Cussler wrote himself into all of his novels. Have you heard that story? No. 
So from like, um, not from his very first book on, but maybe like halfway into his backlist in every subsequent book, his main character will have a conversation with like a stranger in a bar or something weird like that. <laughs> and, it's him. and it's always like the actual Clive Custer. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> I like that. I've, that's actually one of the things that I'm telling the people that I'm working with now mm-hmm. to help. I'm like, people like if there's something that's like, okay, so like Stephanie Plum, Janet Ivanovich's novels, mm-hmm. she has a car explode in every (laughs) that's her thing (laughs) (laughs) like and you're and and as a reader you're kind of like okay when is the the car it's kind of like do you ever watch do you watch the tv show psych i haven't but i know it's one of your favorites i mean i've watched it a couple times but it's been they hide a pineapple in every single episode and sometimes it's really obvious sometimes like it's maybe a you know a crayon sketch and a doodle on the side of something you know so you've got to be Mm -hmm. looking really really hard but yeah it's fun to have certain things like that that are just kind of for your you know for your readers they know to look for it yes those are are fun it's fun fun if you can put them in there it's Mm -hmm. fun it's like hmm and usually you can usually it's like if if it's not some significant thing like a red-haired reporter where you have to like that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty what if you don't need a red what if you don't need a I reporter and <laughs> it's harder but yeah. like if you have something that's small like that mm-hmm. you know where you're like well I have an author that I read she puts like the numbers 10 10 mm. in every book somehow and is that it's significant like, to her I think it's significant to her I haven't done all the research yeah yeah but I know I heard, her fans um, yeah who is it? The um, who's the kid Ardvark, but doesn't he, the um, Arthur? Is it Arthur? Arthur? Yes. So the illustrator of the Arthur books, he puts his kids' names in each of the picture books. They're kind of hidden there somewhere. It's super cute. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, and I like that's part. That's one of the things actually for writer's block. Coming round the circle back to <laughs> the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is I like finding, like, what I like to do is brainstorm with either myself or another author mm-hmm. or somebody mm-hmm. scenes that I would enjoy. <laughs> uh-huh. But I'm like, like, I don't know where the scene is going to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where mm-hmm. in the story it will fit or if it will. But because uh-huh. I'm the author, I can make it if I want yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And then I just, that, that. So like for one of them, I was chatting with my a friend and, and I was like, so this is what's going to, this is what I want to have happen. I want to have that she has to, like, she has to bring a litter of kittens into his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like the the animal shelter where she volunteers is run out of space and therefore <laughs> hiding kittens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was like secret kittens. That's what I want. Secret <laughs> kittens. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then she was like, and what if he found them? And that while well, she wasn't there and then fell asleep with the kittens. And she came back and saw that he was like Aww, cuddled up with them. cuddled up with the kittens, and I was like, "Yes, secret uh-huh. kittens!" And then a handsome man cuddled up with them. Like, I was like, "I don't know how I'm gonna make this happen." Like, like I'm like, "How do I make it so that like she has like That's how do I funny. make that scene happen?" Yeah, and that helps me work through when I can come up with something like really fun like that, where I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, how do I make mm-hmm. that happen?" I don't yeah. know, but I That's want cute. to. 
that helps I me have, with my writer's blog. <laughs> I have a friend. I, I'm not the type who can write non-linearly. Um, mm -hmm. It rarely works for me. So I basically, I start with chapter one and I go through the story. I know some authors though can skip around mm -hmm. and I've got a friend and it's super clever and I actually like was an alpha reader for her once and actually saw it in the manuscript. Her thing, if she doesn't know, you know how, especially for like more suspense types of genres, there are mm -hmm. times, and I'm sure in every genre, you need to get your character from here to here, but you don't know how it's going to happen. Yes. Her answer is always ninjas, even if it makes no sense. And it, it's just kind of like her, um, what do you call it? Like a, a filler? Like yeah. A, yeah. I put mine I, in brackets, but yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. I, like I, it's her brackets. Ninjas. Yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> like her manuscript would be something like, so let's take your story. All right. So mm -hmm. she brings the cats home and you've written that part. And then you don't know how he's going to end up taking a nap. So like mm -hmm. she would actually write it as a paragraph. She would be like, and then ninjas came in and knocked him out. But then the cats <laughs> came and snuggled with him. And then he woke up with a horrible concussion, but the cats felt so cozy that he just went back to sleep, you know, or something like that. Oh my gosh, and I love that. <laughs> of course, she's going to go back and take out the ninjas. But it's, it's sometimes you just need that forward momentum. Or I read an article about this guy. He like, he won a Guinness book world record. This was like a, not quite a decade ago, but for being like the most prolific author um and this was back before like indie writing was right. as mainstream and he had published like over a thousand titles i think it was and wow. he writes westerns and his you know he was talking about how he never stops for writer's block and if he gets either like bored of his story or he needs to throw in like the ninja equivalent he just makes some dynamite explode <laughs> like that's always his his kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've, I want to, I kind of want to have like the car explosion, dynamite. I like, I wouldn't mind having something like where you're like, and then this happened. I think that might be like something that you kind of get. It's going to be in all of your books. Is that what you mean? Yeah. But like, I think I like it when it kind of comes like organically. Like right, you're like, what right. is the thing that ends up showing up all the time? Or yeah. what is the thing that I would want to put in? Like a dynamite explode uh, or yeah, a car or like, explode. Um, this wouldn't be like the exciting suspenseful, but like if every single one of your novels had like a call from a wrong number or something like that. And then maybe like yes. halfway yeah. into your writing, you figure out like, why are all these phone numbers getting mixed up? <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> and just, it is fun. That's part of the fun. That's, that's the part I like about, that's the part I really enjoy about writing is the like, is... Mm -hmm. I write very linear, linearly as well, but that's in my, in my brainstorming, like outlining, like, what am I going to do in the story process mm -hmm. is like, are there any like fun little scenes right. that I want to include Yeah, that make me excited to write the story? And that's then cute. where will I put them? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. No, that's a fun way to do it for sure. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. how can I make this happen? Yeah. You know, realistically, like in the not realistic because they're all over the top, but like yeah, in a no, way that mm -hmm. in a way that the readers can believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, even diving into some reader psychology, even if it's a small thing like that, you're creating that open loop, you know. Mm -hmm. So kind of like with the red haired journalist, you know, people mm -hmm. had no idea. Like, is he gonna turn into the master murderer? Is he gonna turn into like the hero? Is he gonna turn into the love interest? Is nobody knew. But, you know, like they had seen him enough. They know something's going on with this guy. And I think even if it's 
you know, nobody's going to buy the next book saying, I hope she tells me who the red haired journalist is, you know, cause that's, mm-hmm. it's such a small, small thing that that's just not why they're picking it up, but it does, it's going to be there in the back of their minds and they want that resolution. Yeah. Or even if it's just, um, you know, I want to find, I want to spot it, you know, like the pineapple mm-hmm. in psych. Nobody yeah. watches psych just to find the pineapple, but it's always that little dopamine reward there, hit. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Okay, we're back. I think we might have glitched out for a minute. What were you saying? Now I don't remember. Something about how I want to do it more deliberately. I want to put, I want to find some things. I want to find what my fun thing, because I already do. I put a cat in every book. Uh I put uh a cat in every book and I get them from my readers. So I'm like, send me a picture of your cat and (laughs) and send me a picture a name, the name and a little story about your cat yeah. and I'll put it in one of the books. And so I've That's been doing cool. that and it's really fun because yeah. I love cats. Yeah. Um, but I, it'd be fun to have one that was just, I, what I love about being an author is that you can, if you can make it happen, you can make it happen. Like you're like, what right. do I want to have happen in this world? Yeah. You Whatever don't have to ask permission. I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or I know some people will do it like a weird random food. Like why in the world is like are all of her novels are people obsessed with eating, you know, and then just insert like not pizza or burgers, but just some strange random yes. food. It's not like a common thing. Like, why is that always in there? <laughs> like in burn notice. They're yeah. They're always, always eating, eating yogurt. yogurt. <laughs> 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 like, what's yogurt. up with the yogurt? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the best digestive tracts in all of Miami. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah you know, things like that. It's fun to do. It just makes it, I, it just makes it a little bit more fun. I think mm-hmm. I'm like, Hmm, hmm where do I want to, what's why? Like, it's just, yeah, I love it. That, that's yeah. the fun part for me. Mm-hmm. It is, And fun. that's the part that gets me around writer, writer's block. And that's okay. oh, one thing I thought about at the time was like the nice thing about being an indie author is also if you're having writer's block, there's plenty of other things that you could be doing to, to help true. to move your career forward. It is. Yeah. That's why I kind of have that hierarchy list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm not writing, I can be working on ads. If I'm not working mm-hmm. on ads, I can be responding to emails. Yeah. Yep. That is, although I think the point can come where all those other things, they're still important and mm-hmm. they absolutely feel productive, but they can drown it out. Like I, I, seriously think I could go a year not writing a new book and still working full-time on the business still feel productive but yes that's not that's not what most people picture being an author as and you know I don't think I'd be satisfied there so that's the other thing is just sometimes again knowing is it time to focus on the creative side or the business side Mm -hmm. and and all of that stuff. Well, I I usually play with it like in a day so if like at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the day I'm like I am not the creative juices are not flowing yep, yep. right at this moment. Mm-hmm. I could still be productive. And then exactly. later in the day after my nap, <laughs> yep. then I'm like, now I can work on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll sometimes, you know, it's a writing day, an editing day or an administrative day. That's kind of how I look at things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. so, so yeah, I'll tell you what's fun. Alana. Yeah. Eating yogurt in Miami. 
Yes. Well, Those pineapples. So nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to no, wasn't trying totally, to lose I'm you like, in James. <laughs> oh, are we going down that road? Because I can like there's a million things that I wouldn't mind doing that's not Aww. sitting here at Aww. my desk. <laughs> like in my house again mm-hmm. <laughs> for yeah. the like for the sixth week in a row. Well, what would be better than eating yogurt in Miami? Tell me that. Oh. I'll tell you what's better is is helping these helping these authors. Oh, look at oh you. Goodness. Call back, call back. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good, Alana. It makes me so happy. So I'm coaching these just a handful of ladies because it's super intense. Mm-hmm. But like two of them haven't written, you know, written fiction before mm-hmm. in this way. And one of them was outlining yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, you just get to, you just get to like <sighs> Make your characters and then make a world for them. To- yeah. Isn't <laughs> I'm that like, fun? oh my gosh. Yes, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> do you have a favorite? Because I don't I don't do much outlining, but mm. um my husband has a story idea. And I told him if he gives me the actual beats of it, like more than just an outline, the actual beats, that mm. I'll flesh it out into a book. And so we're trying to find a good resource because like I said, I don't outline a ton and I wouldn't know how to teach him that kind mm-hmm. of in a linear process. Do you have a good resource that you like for that? Um, there's a few and it depends. That's And that's the thing that outlining is so um, unique for each person. Like yeah. I, I know what I like, mm-hmm. but then other people, you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. no, what I, I like to do is take and what I think people end up doing is they find a few different ones and then make their own from, from the ones that make sense for them. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. kind of idea does he have? Um, It's kind of like, it's a zombie ish type thing, but not more about, you know, aftermath type things. He's watching, what's he watching? He's watching waking dead right now. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's, Kind of like that, like a zombie-esque thing that's not really about the zombies is how he explained it to me. I'm like, I don't know. I'll write it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'll write it. (laughs) Such a good wife. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm like, wow. But that's, that's, I, I'm like, husband, do you want to come up with anything? And he's like, me. Okay. Let me, I'm like going into my, like, where's my resources? Okay. Um, When my. So there's, uh, um, open up, I'm like opening up my, my course. Cause I, <laughs> I put like a ton of uh-huh. outlining resources in oh, because, okay. because, because everybody like, there's a good place to start. Oh, take off, uh, take save off the cat, pants. save okay. the cat, save the cat. Is that is, the one? Okay. I would recommend that one. I have heard that that one is recommended. Save the Cat Writes a Novel okay. by okay. Jessica Brody. All right. We'll start That's what, it's, it's really clear with the beats and it's not, okay. it's not um, particular to any um, genre. genre. So okay. you could. Sounds good. That's the Thank one. Thank you. Yeah. And I interviewed her and she's awesome. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I love it. I love recommending people that gave me the time to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's cool. I'm like Alana Terry. Oh, I've heard of her. Yeah. All of my people <laughs> now are using like one of the ladies that I'm helping uh-huh. has already written a bunch of books, but she wasn't making as much as I was making. And I was like, what you need to do is go in and make Amazon ads, simple, automatic Amazon ads yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> for all your books. Yeah. <laughs> and now start. over in four days, 
So for the month of April, up to like the Friday, she had made one certain amount. And Mm -hmm. then within, she started the ads and within four days later, she was making, she had made an additional 30%. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, and it was like 20 days of the month, one amount, and then four more days. It's really 30%. Well, you know, a tidbit you can pass on to those in your group. Ads are working really well for authors right now. Facebook ads, BookBub ads, because people are home, people are clicking. My mm-hmm. BookBub click ads are getting like double the click-through rate they normally get. It's the exact wow. same ads. Like I haven't even changed them. They're just the ads that have been running since before the pandemic, but they're getting double the engagement right now. Yeah. So it's a good time. Good time. I know. I know. I was like, look at the results that she just, I'm like, oh. yeah, that's but exciting. She's- ecstatic I'm ecstatic everybody's happy I feel like I started this at a good time yeah even though it's been a hard time Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah no I totally get it well and you're you're helping and giving people that inspiration and oh my gosh well and now's a good time for people to start writing if you haven't been writing or if you Mm -hmm. wanted to write and you're home now (laughs) yeah yeah exactly okay Awesome. Well, it's always really fun getting together and having our little writing chats. So hopefully, oh my gosh, we'll... I love it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so See much, you Alana, in for a few weeks. Yeah. spending this time. No, it's, okay. it's like I said, it's always um, just inspiring and engaging. And so, thank you for your time. Thank you all for listening. We've got. I know I have at least one other. I think we might have a couple chats with me and Ella up in the Successful Writer Group, or you can join her Facebook group after like a boss Mm -hmm. and get more from her. So thanks again. And we'll talk soon.